0: It's Maya and this is Motive, so let's just dive straight in. It is December nineteen ninety-five. A young woman, Diana Melnick, disappeared from Vancouver's downtown east side, only for her fingerprints to be found in two thousand two, after the police uncovered disappearances to be linked to a farm belonging to Robert Picton. None of her remains have been located on the farm itself. It is speculated that her body had entirely decomposed or been disposed of by the various methods used by Picton before police had fully searched the property. It was later discovered Picton fed his victims to the pigs to get rid of the evidence. We know our crime, we have our killer, we have our victim. What was the motive? Uh, from the discovery and how the police actually got on to what was going on at this farm. Here we are focusing on the events around discovery and the disposal to see how that plays into the pieces of this puzzle when we talk about motive. Because obviously it shows who his allies were, it shows um, what were the events just before the murder, how, you know, might show how he actually managed to lure his victims and then obviously shows how you know he dehumanized them so the disposal methods of victim so the worker from his uh, farm bill hiscox actually noticed huh, there's something strange happening here so there's a bunch of women who are you know um nicely dressed but they kind of look like sex workers coming into this farm and then they're never coming out of it you know and that has been happening for quite a while now so he was quite suspicious and um, he first reported it to the police however the police was pretty ignorant as you could guess um because there was a bunch of sex workers involved disappearing from the part of vancouver that was famous for sex work so they weren't taking this seriously to begin with so it was only in 2006 that they actually executed a search warrant so once his reported reported it but it wasn't even for prostitution or killings or anything of that sort it was for uh firearms so they searched the property for the firearms So now you might wonder, how was he getting away with this? Um, You know, how were women disappearing on his farm for this many years? So there's a few things. First of all, um, we will cover it later, but um, victims were wealthy. And second, it didn't help that he was surrounded himself with proper scum. His brother David meddled in crime himself. He has been accused of sexual assault himself but managed to avoid the charges because well he applied some intimidation techniques a lot of times for anything that would happen you know to him or his brother so he kind of protected the family that way of course the farm workers were involved so it was kind of the intimidation techniques and the fact that they were actually wealthy and could pay up for this you could really say you know David Picton was the old age Kevin Spacey oh you haven't heard about the memes going around from Kevin Spacey, and the articles that initiated those memes. Well, um, if anybody out of, you know, ten of you that are actually listening to this have connections and can report me, do, do, do yourself justice, do justice for yourself and me and skip to the next 60 seconds, because it is pretty conspiracy theory, house of cards real life plot kind of situation. <laughs> so basically, there have been articles recently, I think two of them in the space of like a week. And then one in October-November, where everybody that accused um, Spacey of sexual assault is kind of dropping dead. So there's three dead victims, and then everybody else is dropping the charges. So, not saying anything, but this is pretty much how it went in the Picton's case. So, nice comparison alignment there. (laughs) Stay alive, guys. Stay alive. So, Robert and David Picton were arrested, and police obtained a second warrant. Using what they had seen on the property to search the farm as part of the BC Missing Women investigation. So, um, by what they found, so they did find, you know, some of the women's clothing, they find really weird objects. So, you know, a dildo, well, a gun with a dildo as a holster. Hold, I thought I just googled it. Holster is the thing that actually holds the gun. So, it was not a part barrel. That's the word I was looking for. It would be really strange if Dildo was, you know, the actual holster. Why am I, Why is everybody focusing on this part of the story so much? On that day, Robert Pickton was charged with weapons offenses. Um, both of the Picktons were rate- later released. However, the police actually kept an eye on Robert Pickton, because obviously he was the weirder one. So it's actually lucky that well, not lucky, but that Bill Hiscox testified um, in this case and actually brought it to the police in the first instance. What Hiscox said um, was that Picton sometimes exhibited bizarre behavior despite of the evidence, no evidence of the substance abuse, which would draw attention. I mean, that, like the women were going into the farm and never coming out of it, so... The police, why the police ignored it for so long is because, well, they, they were rich. We will mention the the Piggy Farm Society as well, to which, you know, anybody important in that area of Vancouver would actually turn up to. And also, what would happen is um, that they were unfortunately sex workers, so... As we know, you know, the police would just discard them as runaways and would never investigate these cases. So, on February 22nd, finally, so in 2002, um, Picton is arrested and charged with different counts of murder. So at first, he's just charged with two counts of murder. It's only actually... So they keep piling up. And it's only actually in May um, 2005 that Diana Melnick's murder is actually brought along with other murders bringing the total number of first degree murder charges to 27 he actually claimed that he killed 49 he was charged with 26 not 27 because there was a Jane Doe Um, so what they managed to do is to obviously find different remains so either different bones um, of the body somewhere on the farm that haven't been eaten by the pigs or sent to the rendering farm and um, this chain though, they couldn't actually identify one of the body parts at all so they completely discarded it if you really think about it the victim killed about 49 women over 7 years period that's, if he was doing it on a consistent basis, let's say he was evening it out, that's 7 victims a year what always like, bothers my insides and my brain is how much work is actually involved into this so it's like just the planning that goes into how to get a woman, how to bring her actually home into a safe place, what to do with her, have sex with her, actually, like, kill her, de-gut her, butcher her, feed her to the pigs, or send to the rendering farm. It is methodical, it involves a lot of time, and what baffles me is that they never see it wrong, they never stop, like, five years down the line, you're like, huh... Maybe, maybe I've had enough, maybe it's just a repetitive action that I'm just possessed with. Like, why don't I stop? Why do I still think this is cool? They just never see themselves from the outside. You can take that as more of a psychological issue, to be honest, because they never see themselves from the outside and how the others look at them as psychos. I'm not in on the peer pressure, etc., but if, you know, I have to think about what I'm doing and would it be judged by every single friend of mine, it would not be considered as utterly normal at all. No, you kind of have to like put some peer pressure on yourself at times But then I guess he didn't have any friends really Just you know, the mates that worked at the farm and covered up these crimes SIDE NOTE <coughs> What the f- is my voice? <laughs> Actually, multiple side notes I'm just re-listening to this to insert something in You know, like a professional um, I just got out of breath Just trying to make the two minutes work all together So yeah, that's why my voice sounds shaky actual side note on that victim count is um, I've been to silent meditation and they would kind of strip you off from your name by assigning you room numbers and then if they need to address you they would address you with the room number but still I found that so dehumanizing. imagine how you know the families these victims and the police has felt just just enlightening you know totally not depressing side note. let's continue. So these dramatic interludes are to introduce different sections. So now we're going to focus on the killing. So we are going seven years earlier to the killing of Diana Melnik. So for us, in order to start deciphering actually the motive or the motives behind this killing, we need to continue with the murder and the murder scenes and how they were found. So as mentioned, um, the bodies of the victims have been fed to pigs and any remains were sent to the rendering plant for disposal. So, on, based on this, we can only presume this has been done to Diana as his first victim as well, because this is when he was really getting the, the feel for it. Due to these findings, we can only presume the same would happen to Diana Melnik and because of the tools that have been found uh, on the farm, on his property. But also because of the hearsay of the people who live there, And finally, Picton himself. I know that this doesn't belong to the killing, but he has um, actually written a book from prison that has been removed from Amazon within like a record time, sort of like 2-3 days. So the guy really wanted to describe what he did to these women, as a piece of shit that he was. Before I actually go ahead to describe what he did to these women, including his first victim Diana Melnick, just just google the picture robert picked and and tell me he doesn't look like the person that stares at you intensely trying to see your soul. it's just they never make a facebook page about you know hot dudes that stare at you at the tube no there's like hot dudes that read books because if you think about it just stop this podcast for a second and think about it has anybody that's ever stared at you been hot even remotely even like pleasantly looking No, when somebody stares at you on the tube for about five minutes straight and you look around, they usually look like, you know, they had that mugshot face. So yeah, just uh, Google Picton and then listen to the next of this episode. (laughs) In Picton's words, this is what he would do to his victims. So, as you might guess, he dehumanized them, so he doesn't really even specify, this is what I did with each and every one of them, he obviously just classifies them all as the same. So now it's the time to take a deep breath, inhale, and then I'll tell you when to exhale. So Picton had claimed that he brought his victims, who were prostitutes, sex workers, says prostitutes, uh, to the farm, handcuffed them, raped them, killed them by strangling them, bled and gutted them, obviously what he would do to pigs, um, ran them through a wood chipper, and then feed the remains to the pigs. Another claim is that the victims were ground, Basically, he would ground them and package them as meat. The rules he would use. Okay, so let me run you through this. So he'd pull up in the area where he was known, you know, as this nice guy, um, and so he would bring a sex worker home. There is actually one girl that managed to escape, and he was the one that testified against him. So he brought her home for some reason, he didn't actually butcher her like the rest of the victims. So she managed to witness another girl being displayed as, as you would display a pig, like, just being displayed there on a hanger as meat, which was obviously one of her victims. So she managed to actually, like, scream, or run away from the farm and escape him and then later testified against him. But what he would do, you know, he was totally nice. Basically he pulled a nice guy thing all um, until they would come behind the closed doors and then during the sex he would become violent and accuse the victims of something such as stealing from him in order to build up his rage so again really display of the behavior he had to actually build up his rage in order to become violent and to be able to dehumanize them and see these women as pigs or as meat and then he would restrain them, kill them by strangling or shooting them and then butcher their bodies again here a disclaimer has everybody heard word disclaimer not actually a psychologist but why i said he had to build up the rage and i think why he had to do what he has done to 49 women at his farm is because that's the place he would dehumanize them so i mean if you do actually love true crime and this is probably not the first podcast you have heard um you know or just if you know nazi history And Nazi propaganda. um, It is actually so he would need confined space. He would need to, you know, disassociate from the real world and actually see these women as sex workers and, you know, not worthy of living, and to actually associate them to the animals that he bred his whole life. Another thing that helped with his killings, or rather with covering them up, was that actually Diana's Melny, Diana Melnik's one was the trigger for him to actually start the Piggy Palace Good Time Society. So, um, (laughs) as the name (laughs) might entail, it was for the good times. So this is basically where everybody important in town uh, would come into, um, well, into his property, and then these events attracted as many as 2,000 people. So, of course, it's a perfect ground for everybody to get lost. So, this was claiming to organize, coordinate, manage, and operate special events, functions, dances, shows, and exhibitions on behalf of service organizations, sports organizations, and other worthy groups. Now, what Picton um, what might have considered worthy groups is very questionable. Now, there is so much information, literally in every article that I have read, about the farm. I will not bore you with details, it is insanely boring, there is only a few things that actually matter to do with the actual killings, so the killings of the Anna as well. So what you need to know about the farm is that it could store, you don't say store, 700 pigs. Uh, clearly a farmer at hand um, So it provided him with the perfect location Perfect grounds for him um, Also Another trigger point is That his parents Left him this farm in a will Because he was obviously the most committed Out of you know, the three kids So the sister Vanished, we'll cover that more Sister is the only positive character In here, so the farm um, Was left to him but he had to stay on it until he was 40. So he would then inherit about 100, 110k, so he would actually inherit 20,000 more than any of his siblings. But he had to commit to it. So again, perfect grounds for breeding somebody who will enjoy degutting humans as his pigs. And another bit that has to be considered is so just before diana's killing so between 92 and 95 he'd actually had a normal human relationships for three years by that i don't actually think this girl was his girlfriend she just had um needed a place to crash while she worked at this pancake place so um this woman named tanya stayed at his trailer for about 18 months so during 1992 in 1995 and it's at that time that he was actually acting completely normal in this um, great book because basically it's the only book that actually covers some of the victims and their lives so it's called On the Farm Robert William Picton and the Tragic Story of Vancouver's Missing Women um, actually the last podcast on the left guys recommend this book as well so this is sort of like to give you some idea of the circumstances Diana was in before she landed on this farm in 95. Um, so, um, there is an interview with this woman who went to school with Diana, and she said um, that, yeah, Diana was trailing a list of charges and convictions. So, but she actually was about to inherit a large sum of money. So th- he describes all these relationships. I will not really. Go into that but yeah she was about to um, become actually a millionaire Uh, but she probably didn't know that because she went out searching for drugs and she was actually hiding from court so she was supposed to show up in court on December 27 but she failed to appear and then two days later the family actually reported her missing and then nobody saw her again Again, side note as I'm listening to this. Just how many times have I said so? And actually, uh, why is this part of our lives? Why are these words and these connectors part of our lives? Why should not I just say therefore, thus, you know, like a freaking educated human being? So to sum up this killing bit, we have Picton, who has inherited his money, who has actually just had um, sort of the closest thing that he will ever have to a normal human relationship, And that woman just left Um, He obviously knows the grounds Where to actually show up as a nice guy To to these sex workers And we had Diana Who just went out to actually earn her money And you know, support herself And wasn't actually her fault Was it that she came about Into this serial killer I understand that Diana was His first victim So they couldn't have known That they had a criminal on their hands now But let's just draw our attention back to the police and that shitty job that they were doing at that time. It's just the dodgy area where women were, you know, disappearing from. And then you have how many women again? Disappearing from the same area that never raised any flags, you know, despite people reporting the missing from the same area again. I mean, I get I'm, I'm chair detective, but it didn't need seven years to connect the dots and they would have needed much longer to actually pay attention to this, unless it was uh, like reported on completely different charges. We can only speculate on what exactly happened the night of the murder, but we know Diana Melnick came to his farm willingly, um, so it could have been the promise of the money, and her bones were later found, identifying her as one of the 26 victims of Picton. I need a longer interview with you guys. Motipod at jmail.com if you want to contribute with your sounds, with your art, with anything. But yeah, intro music would be nice. And uh, these short dum-dums you like, but that I need the copyright too. So, serious, serious business. The background of Picton and of Diana, as much as you can actually find on Diana especially. You know what pisses me off with serial killers is that the victims are always just so degraded and so lost in the amount of the victims that they kill, that you can now actually just find miserable amount of information on them, whereas you can find so much on victim. So, a bit of a history lesson. Let's just have one quick interlude for the farm. in 1905 52 years after the first europeans settled in the area this now called poco can't even bother to pronounce it william picton the great-grandfather of the accused serial killer bought land near a mental hospital william picton raised hogs his children grew up and raised hogs and his children grew up and raised hogs what is this writing about it i swear i did not copy paste this twice all on the very same farm Oh, as in his children's children grew up. Oh my god, it helped. Uh, Then in the late 50s, the Pictons were forced to sell their farm and move. They had to make way for Loughhead Highway. Yeah, that's a mistake as well, probably. But in 1963, Leonard Picton and his wife, Helen Louise, bought 40 acres of swamp for $18,000 out their blue and white farmhouse to the site and began raising children and pigs. They had two sons, Robert and David, and a daughter, Linda. Linda. Who was not brought up on the farm, but in the city where she attended boarding school. Linda is a true hero here. Fuck what everybody tells you. Linda eventually married a businessman. Yes, Linda. And currently lives in the relatively posh neighborhood of South Granville near downtown Vancouver. Linda. David Picton left the family farm and moved a mile or less down the road to a new property on 2552 Burns Road, where he opened a party hall called Pig's Palace in 1996. Robert Picton now had all the resources and the freedom to do as he pleased. Yes, yes, he did. Okay, no seriousness, this is the actual background now. Childhood of Picton and then the victim. I just had to have that interlude on the farm, just because (laughs) it was such a dramatic, you know, passing on to generations, and this is why this farm is important. And nobody truly cares, except that it just gives this guy endless grounds and endless, yes, support to commit his crimes. So, there is actually only two events from Robert Picton's childhood that have been chewed up and spit out if that's an expression Um, multiple times in every podcast, in every source that I have ever found so uh, let's just go through them because they have left the imprint on his mind and are very connected to the motives for his crimes so one of them is basically his pet calf he had calf as a pet that's what that means and his dad just hung him and just killed the calf and you know it was just like in a very nonchalant way Robert Victim came back from school and his dad just um, showed him in the barn where you know just pointed him to the barn said hey this is this is it so it's just from the very early age that the animals have been dehumanized and he's been just so nonchalant to address like yep We don't care that this was your pet, that you have been attached to it. We just treat him the same as we treat these 700 pigs. This actually reminds me, I once contradicted, I haven't contradicted, but I did like criminology and criminal psychology as the masters. And there was this guy teaching us the psychology, and he's like, oh yeah, what are the predispositions for the serial killer? And I think I said a triad, what's it called, the part where they, you know, like wet their bed, kill the animals the third one burn the house (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll look it up but yeah so it's in the bag what the fuck is the third one google it it was the fire setting it wasn't necessarily burning the house down. but yeah it was the fire setting so those three um are part of the triad and then he was just like no animal killing is um actually you know just myth and i was like you are a psychologist and now i'm researching for the second episode as well which is sort of a serial killer and that guy killed the animal again killed the family pet as well you know no spoiler alerts but listen to me next time i was like how was this guy telling me it's a myth as if like oh yeah that's so criminal minds profiling etc listen sometimes don't don't debate everything anybody tells you i mean Unless you're completely wrong, in that case, don't. But yeah, debate it. Question it. Another event is, well, that he has technically witnessed the whole of his family cover up a crime, but especially his mom. As we all know, moms get to be quite an important figure in the lives of serial killers. I mean, Jack it if anything, if you haven't watched The Bates Motel, or, you know, if you listen to any podcasts, about serial killers, ever Edgini is a good one to start with, because it just depicts like really nice relationship with their mom. Um, the relationships, the relationship between Picton and his mom Louise wasn't as unhealthy, but it was still pretty pretty weird. So basically his brother David got his driver's license, amazing stuff. So he was just driving down the road and um, ran over this young boy and he freaked out you know um, he went into the house to call up his mom the mom just literally came into the scene and then um, she just rolled the child over into a pool of water and the child was still alive before she did that so it's again just showing to both of her kids basically complete disregard of human life Now, another thing that is very much connected and repeated through um, every single source is how Robert Picton lived his life as a childhood. And by that, I mean he was one filthy, filthy piece of shit. Um, So, (laughs) as it says here, um, he didn't date, perhaps because girls shunned him, his personal hygiene, was the stuff of Poco legend both in school and afterwards so as a really small child he used to come back home from school and he would hide like in between pig's dead bodies so if he ever wanted to hide from somebody he would do it by crawling under the gutted carcasses of large hogs which again doesn't doesn't help with the smell mate this actually reminds me this is a low point in this research process because it reminds me of my own childhood, and when I, I really, really didn't like showers when, as I was a kid, I t- cannot place why, but I would protest. It's one of those things that I just did out of spite. So <laughs> I remember that my grandma actually had to have a talk with my mom. You know, had to give her a talk with like, what are you doing? Is this how you're raising this child? Kind of talk. Um, but this is this is a low point in this research, because this is when I googled... I'm Robert's Picton star star sign and yes we share the same star sign guys and I pride myself more that I share you know the star sign with Leo DiCaprio but this was just such a low point in this those are sort of the main events that you need to know about the Picton so about his dirty lifestyle and how he identified with animals especially hogs and pigs but as well as that um, About his whole family Cover up of anything That they did You know, family that stays together Murders together, I guess um, About the victim now Well, Diana Melnick was born In 1975 She was described as five foot two inches tall And 100 pounds, obviously By people That have actually reported her as missing And then detectives Who found her dead uh, with short brown hair and brown eyes She was a known drug user Who had four prostitution-related charges Against her As well as a charge for theft um, In the months prior to her disappearance Little information is available Regarding her life or family It's it's said again As I mentioned That we, you know Somebody just goes for life And then you can only find one source Which is a book that actually Kind of bothered um, to interview All these people of her family and friends to actually find out hey she was just getting money remotely but hey she was actually going to inherit um you know will and her family actually did report her missing and yeah she was actually loved by by the people it just always baffles me how little we know about the background of victims compared to the background of killers now on to the real core of this whole podcast so I divided this into sort of primary and then secondary tertiary motives depending on how many there are so the primary one is I put it this has become his identity so he had no meaningful relationships and a vast amount of resources to commit crime so um, had he I believe had he pulled Alinda Had he just been like no I don't care about this will I don't actually care about staying at this farm I'm just going to actually lead a normal life You know this has been my childhood This is not who I am That he wouldn't have ended up as a serial killer However um, He has stayed there He has fully committed to it And well Pigs were all of what he knew And he knew how to dig out them You know how to breed them, and then he just applied the same thing to humans. So, there's two other things that said, like, replicating what he saw was okay. So, obviously, everything was normalized, which fits in with his identity and how he was built up. So, you know, in the nature versus nurture, nurture actually won here. We had seen that, you know, his brother and sister have actually been quite different. Yeah, his brother was not the best. Human, never, of course, he was and he is still a criminal, but compared to Big Ten, you know, on a very smaller scale. Now, the next line says, Farm life is all he knew. <laughs> ah, this is great, man. Sometimes, sometimes I just wonder do I write the mood wrong? Like, it's <laughs> just my from the streets. Uh, farm life is all he knew. Then the next one says, Fetishize the pigs related to the animals. Ah, this is just becoming. Next level. Okay, so everything ties in with the first motive. <laughs> I just recently... I remember I recently had a conversation with somebody about the food fetish. Not food fetish. Food fetish. Feed fetish. Food fetish? Food fetish. And then um, they basically said that uh, the person is either born with a predisposition to have it or not. So like... Every every second one of us might actually end up having a food fetish. I didn't Google it. I don't know if this is factual or not. It's just one of these things when I see the word fetish now pops up into my mind. By fetishize the pigs, I mean, he related to animals more than with humans, but he would still murder them in the end. So that was obviously the ending to most of his relationships with women as well. And then the secondary or tertiary, where all of these above tied with the primary motive. <laughs> okay, secondary motive um, is that he actually, in the end, ended up doing it for publicity. So the first motive is um, what I still believe is true in his first victim's case. So that's why I sort of go with serial killers and analyze the first murders, because that's when it's most visible and we can actually discuss what motivated them to kill initially. But then, obviously, with time and with the Piggy Palace and um, in his prison, and the way that he actually went on to write his book, I believe a lot of it was publicity in the end as well, like it ends up being with every serial killer. He actually, not just that, but there are reports that he actually wanted to, to have a round number of victims to 50. Again, that just tells you everything about the person. So, you know, he claimed to he killed 49, but he actually wanted to round it up to 50 and to, you know, be the most gruesome serial killer. It's it's really weird that that this guy is probably one of the very few millionaire ce- serial killers, you know. One was d J Holmes. And then, I don't actually know, are there any other millionaire serial killers. But yeah, that somebody actually can have this money, can have this farm. And actually decide, hey, 50 is the number of the women I kill. Well, that's it for this episode of The Motive. Actually, that's not even for the episode. That's it for the actual discussion of the crime. I have some other bits and pieces for you. But before that, um, email me, motifod at gmail.com Any feedback or any disagreements, you know you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to Robert Pickton, this is the actual motive. And, um, email me any conspiracy or motives behind other famous crimes that you might want to figure out, or want help figuring out, or know for sure that they are true and correct, and I shall discuss them with you next time. Uh, but for now I have a section called rapid fire facts which considering the chunks of these uh, some of them are not rapid fire facts but they might explain a few things that I have found out during this research so in 2016 a book claimed to have been written by Picton entitled Picton in his own words went out for sale and initiated controversy critical petitions and actions by government to prevent it Prevent Picton from profiting from the work, as I said, was removed from Amazon immediately. Because of the book that I quoted, (laughs) I have this. Gary Leon Ridgway, Green River Killer. It's just that this guy in the book uh, actually stated middle names for every single serial killer that he mentions. So the context here is obviously that, you know, the police didn't give a fuck much because it had been... um, the area of Vancouver had been covered by multiple serial killers at a time, one being Gav Ridgeway, but it just mentions middle names, which I find fascinating. Is this what needs to be done in Canada, guys? Is this what needs to be done for book research? Do I need to mention, you know, middle names for everybody I speak about and of? Um, and then Murderpedia describes him as a former pig farmer, which again, I find a great title. It's just like former basketball player pig farmer. Does it does it hold the same accountability? Does it hold the same strength? Um, sentence to life in prison with no possibility of parole for 25 years. The longest sentence available under Canadian law for murder. Yep. Um, I included this as obviously you've seen the structure of how I present this is quite different so it kind of goes backwards. Um, so we don't actually cover, you know, child and how many years was he sentenced So we just focused on different bits that are important for the motive and then actually why i wanted to cover this first is because of the criminal minds episode that isn't on picton but in 2008 the television series criminal minds featured an episode set in samia ontario which followed the case where a large number of victims were killed and their bodies were fed to pigs most of the other elements of the crime, however, were significantly different from the real case. In Canada, the episode aired with an additional content warning stating that this specific episode might ups- upset some viewers due to the storyline being closely tied to actual events. Just Google criminalized peak episode. It is disturbing. It made a like, really good impact on me. A really good impact is not what <laughs> I should be saying here, but yeah. he made a great impact on me, and that's why I decided to choose Picton. The first one. Nobody told me how much you need to hydrate during recording this. Uh, the sources that have been used for this episode. Unidentified Wikia or Wikipedia. Least worse. The Canadian Encyclopedia. The book On the Farm, Robert William Picton, and the tragic story of the Vancouver missing women. Didn't. Who wrote the book? Great. City News 1130. The Star and a Last Podcast on the Left. It's actually a four part series. If you're not fans of Last Podcast on the Left, I don't know what you're doing with your life. It perfectly describes his childhood in so much detail with so many reenactments. Just wish I could be like these guys with so many voices. (sighs) Henry, you're the dream. One last corner. Guys, if you're still with me, you know, I wouldn't blame you for the, all the ums and ums and so's and actuallys. I have t- probably said every actually I had in me during this episode. I so mentioned the mumbles, like, I really mumble a lot. That's, that's not news for me, but hey, I thought of having a corner where I mention what, you know, crime podcasts, um, content, YouTube videos, Netflix, mostly Netflix, and podcasts. Um, and news I have been following throughout the week, so as I'm recording this at the end of the year yeah, happy new year and all that small talk rubbish, um, so I have watched you on Netflix, obviously, within like a couple of hours when it was released, and then that day was just weird for the rest of the day, but yeah, I really I recommend you maybe people won't, but I actually think it portrays the stalker profile. Actually, pretty accurately. As in, it doesn't just go around. It is sort of like people find it normal. that think that they don't actually need help. While it all progresses as an obsession. Apart from you... Um, another thing that I wanted to mention... Oh, yeah. Um, two new stories I have been following through that are obviously true crime related. One is on a British... Post show, it's just everywhere on every tabloid, on Twitter trending. Okay, I mixed the Catherine's and the Carolines, so I think it's Catherine flag, and it's the Love Island person who battered her boyfriend with a lamp, and then now both of them are claiming nothing happened. She went to LA before the trial. Basically, what I find still strange when it comes to media um, is how they portray domestic violence cases. And it is just so much of it, but nothing substantial comes out of it, especially when we flip the coin and it is a woman like it is a woman who is a perpetrator so um it's just always that thing where obviously one person manipulates the other, the other one you know suppresses the charges, nothing happened. And the media is like, "How oh, we're not letting them live their happy life it's It's just not this is manipulators talk and yeah we shouldn't actually just be you know impartial towards it now i've been following for the updates on this case please email me or tweet me or whatever let's just figure this out if you googled recently this case there's a lot of updates of like where she went to la to hide you know have a nice holiday before going to court because she might be going to prison And, like, where her dog is staying and how much does all that cost? But there is... The picture is surfaced, first of all. How do the crime scene pictures leak this easily to the police? I will never understand. But there's a picture of the bed with blood stains about it. And if we are thinking about, you know, somebody battering somebody with a lamp, the blood is all focused in one corner of the bed. It's, like, the bottom corner. It kind of looks like a massacre. I mean doesn't look like somebody died there but it looks like somebody did lose a lot of blood and the whole room is a mess but just can we just you know unite and describe as a community how did that happen like did they sleep with their heads to the other side was it because of the scuffle also can somebody tell me how can pictures this easily leak in the police maybe i'm unfamiliar with the justice system enough somebody just you know tweet me let's discuss this So, another one is uh, the Serbian kidnapping of Monika Karimanovic and um, that has been done by the known predator Nino Slavijovanović. So, this one I've been following through well because I am from Serbia and also because of how the media again portrays the kidnapping and why the police hasn't actually been focusing on finding the perpetrator because he has been known for other two kidnappings and hopefully they actually get him this time so he basically lures them knocks on their door, represents himself as, you know, somebody of respect Um, oh no, actually he represents himself as a barber because he is and then wants to you know, takes them, cuts their hair and then pursues to actually threaten them, beat them up, sexually assault them and then it's just the public that is actually involved into finding um, the perpetrator instead of you know the police well actually i mean i can only suppose because he has been doing this twice before and he has been found but it also reminded me of the weird case i forgot uh, my favorite murder covered it it's that guy that takes the victim obviously this guy is a, pedo. a pedophile as well but um there is that guy that takes the victim and then like cuts her hair, washes it, and just proceeds to wash it with everything once he's out of shampoo. It's like the creepiest case. Find it somewhere. It is just if you're a true crime candidate. It's just one of those really, really weird cases. So, um, what else have we been up to, uh, except from true crime? Um... Actually, actually, okay. I have been doing a lot of yoga, but I can't really plug anybody without the sponsorship. Hit me up. Um... Another Netflix thing, actually. Kevin Hart special. The six-part series. I just... It's not the mainstream thing, so I'm not doing anybody justice by plugging this. Um, but what I love about Kevin Hart is the storytelling. It has always been why I loved every stand-up he has ever done. It's just how he connects the first five minutes with the last five minutes. And, yeah, how he makes everything count. So this six-part series actually covers like a lot of his touring a lot of his um stand-up how he dies with his movies and everything and again it's just like the mentions from the first episode tie back in with the sixth one and i just love a good storyteller so that has been the episode on Picton check us out on Twitter as MotivePod and also Patreon Motive Podcast. Um I put two tiers up on Patreon so one for a five or one for a tenner both of them include extra content the tenner one includes some other bits as well, so hopefully we can actually, you know, create a community and yeah um, you know, rate, review and subscribe I never thought I would like say this in my life, I'm gonna go have a meltdown guys, I'm going to have a tune in next monday and let's discuss some more motives you know let's make the world a better place one motive at a time